Welcome to the Salt Lake Christian Center podcast. We're a network of language churches worshiping together as one. It is our prayer that this message will be a blessing and encouragement to your life. Now, join us for one of our weekly sermons. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And um, I want you to understand the interesting thing about this message is that I have had this message laid out for several weeks. And it's the Holy Spirit obviously guiding and directing. Um, This message I could have preached at the memorial this afternoon. Um, But I have another one for that too. So, uh, if you're looking on YouTube or you, uh, version Live, then the title of this message is "You Can't Even Imagine." First Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to start in verse number 14. Lord, I pray for your blessing, and Lord. I've practiced these words numerous times over the past several weeks. But Lord, I pray that you will guide these words to hit the hearts and lives and minister. Not from my words, but your words and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, the past couple of weeks working with, uh, with a memorial. And I will go back to... Um, August 12th, when I and Kathy and my sister were with my mom as she went into eternity. And standing there around her bed, and she had been gasping for breath for six days, 24 hours a day. We were staying in the room with her. They graciously allowed us to stay in the room. And there were... I'll be honest with you, there were numerous times when I went over to that bedside and cried and said, Mom, it's better over there. Go ahead and make the journey. We're going to be okay. She's stubborn. (laughs) She needed to be. Um, And standing there around her and as... She made her last, she took her last breath. And for some difficult reasons, we had to go out of the room immediately. And as I was standing there, as my sister closed her eyes, I said, Wow, I wish I could see what you're seeing. I wish I could feel what you're feeling. And as we went out into the next room and, and were um, sitting there, here's some words. We didn't sing it, but here's some words. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it will be like. I thought about singing this song. But you can't imagine that. 
(laughs) I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes see, what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? That'll be the only time I dance in my whole life. Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Listen to this scripture in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. With that in mind, I can only imagine. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to his power at work within us. And connect that with 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9 where it says, but as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the heart of man. He can't even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. No offense to the writers of that song, but do you get the concept here? You can't even imagine. It is not in your physical, mental brain to imagine what God has on the other side. The song I listened to on the way home uh, was Knowing What I Know About Heaven. I bet the trumpets play and the angels sing every sweet refrain of amazing grace and the heaven's hands opened up the gate and the children danced when they saw your face. As happy as they were to see you coming, I was just as sad to have to watch you go. But knowing what I know about heaven, believing that you're all the way home, knowing that you're somewhere better is all I need to let you go. You can't even imagine what God has prepared for us. Now, we're trying to hurry up here a little, so I'm going to switch gears real quick. So, okay, put this in fourth gear. Or you may need to drop it back down into first gear. There's another song called Imagine. So let's turn our imaginations towards John Lennon who made the profession several times that he was greater than Jesus Christ and his music was more popular than Jesus. Sitting in his millions of dollar apartment playing his million dollar white grand piano with his Wife, Yoko Ono, writing the words as John Lennon is playing the tune in May 
1971. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us is only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us. And the world will be as one. Sitting at his million dollar piano in his millions of dollar uh, flat in London. He goes on. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Here's what John Lennon said about that. Now I understand what you have to do. Put your political message across with a little honey. So John Lennon said that about Imagine. The most successful single of his solo career. The song has been covered or sung by artists in every genre. From Liza Minnelli, Stevie Wonder, Neil Young, Lady Gaga. And performed at some of the biggest events across the globe. The Olympics, New Year's Eve, Concert for Peace, Concert for Hunger. The impact of this song is unquestionable. But disguised within its message of peace and love is a flowing melody of the piano that is a collection of edgy, dangerous ideas that challenge society as we know it. The song that has become an anthem all over the world is actually full of controversial lyrics and radical ideas. Lennon once called it working class hero for conservatives. And indeed, it challenges the status quo at its most fundamental. 50 years ago next month, that song hit in the middle, or at the tail end of the 60s, and in the middle of the disestablishmentarianism. I think that's what they called it. I was too young to know. Some of you that were there and were hippies, and you don't look like hippies anymore, you, you would understand that. You can bring me up to date on that, okay? Who would have imagined? In fact, Time Magazine produced an article at the beginning of the 60s, and that article said, that with the polls about young people in, the 1960, in 1960, they did not anticipate anything, any movement in the youth of the United States of America, but they would be enjoying the financial and economic success of 
those that came after the war. For those of you that are interested in polls. Who would have imagined that 50 years ago, the slippery slope of sexual revolution led us to the place that we are today. That led us to a place where there are no genders, anything is, it's all moral, has led us to a place that even in our Congress and White House, there are no norms. But let me go further. If you were living then, you couldn't even imagine what may be happening in the next 50 years. So I want to ask you as a parent, as a pastor, as a church, you can't even imagine what the next 50 years are going to look like. 50 years from now, with the gender issues, the divorce rates, the marriage issues, defund police, cancel culture, pandemic children, uh, poor neighborhoods, the Keynesian dynamic debt, the free enterprise system, you can't even imagine. Romans chapter 1, verse number 21 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Let me read that in the old King James language. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 14. And if Christ has not been raised... Then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be mis misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he was raised, that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only. Now listen to this. If in Christ we have hope for this life only. We are of all people most to be pitied. If he did not raise from the dead so let's imagine this morning let's imagine a Christ that did not raise from the dead let's imagine a progressive a progressive Christian Christ a progressive Christian Christ that the Christ was just a man he was buried in a tomb and he decayed and his bones are gone and there are people still looking for him like Kurt Cameron Buried in a grave and gone. He was a good teacher. He was a good philosopher. So imagine that Christ. 
And imagine the end of that teaching of that Christ. No wonder fatalism is rampant in our culture and growing. Imagine a Thomas Jefferson Christ that all of the judgmental statements of Jesus, judgmental statements of Jesus, or the judgmental, judgmental words of the Bible are removed. And so we used Thomas Jefferson's Bible that just had all the good stuff. He made it himself. He put, cut out all of those things. And, and that Bible is what he, he uh, 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 swore on as he became the president. All the judgmental words are gone. So imagine. Imagine living in a world where there is no judgment. There is no one calling to account. We've defunded the police. We've done all, imagine living in that world where there is no judgment. You can't even imagine what that world would be like. Imagine that there is no historical Jesus. Imagine that Jesus is just some man. Imagine that Jesus did not walk this earth. He was just some man. And it's been a myth that has been conjured up. There is no cross, no tomb, no resurrection, no heaven, no hell. If that is the case, then let me give you just one slice, and I've given to you, to you before, but let me give you just one slice of if that is the Christ that you're working towards, if that is the Christ then there would be no antiseptic surgery from Joseph Lister, bacteriology from Louis Pasteur, calculus from Isaac Newton, celestial mechanics from Johannes Kelper, chemistry from Robert Boyle, comparative anatomy from Georges Cuvier, computer science, Charles Babbage, dimensional analysis, Lord Rayleigh, dynamics, Isaac Newton, electronics, John Ambrose Fleming, electrodynamics, James Clerk Maxwell, electromagnetics, Michael Ferris, Energetics, Lord Kelvin. Entomology of living insects, Henry Fabre. Field theory, Michael Faraday. Fluid mechanics, George Stokes. And I could go on. Those were scientists that believed in a historical Jesus. And they believed that he raised from the dead. And when he raised from the dead, they put their faith in him. So I'm telling you this morning, if that is the Jesus that we follow, no heaven and no hell, we are to be pitied. I mean, I'm not talking to the people out there, us. What are we doing here? Why are we having a memorial this afternoon? What are we doing here? Why am I going this week to visit my mother's grave? Why? What are we doing? Because we're the most pitied. Yeah, but. Let's go on to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 
For, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and every power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him. Now, that whole phrase, everything that that has, that theologians will take forever working all of that out. Here's the encapsulated summary. That God may be all in all. You can't even imagine. You can't imagine what the next 50 years could be like. But you can't imagine either what the power of God could do in the next 50 years. Because there's another side to that story in 1971. And the side of that story is a church in Costa Mesa, California called Calvary Chapel and Chuck Smith and his music director who invited that counterculture group to come in and sit with them. They allowed them into the congregation. Nobody else would do that. They allowed them in. He let them sing with, with their music and allowed the power of God to minister to that generation in what we call the 1960s revival, which brings us to where we are today. You can't even imagine. Now, if you're stuck, if you're stuck on, wow, what is going to happen? I have no idea. I have no clue. But I've told, I'll tell you this. I want to be around. I want to be around 50 years from now. Don't even start to calculate. Maybe I'll have them cryogenic my head. Of course, that's probably not the part that... Well, anyway. I want to be around. I'll probably see it from up there. But God is in charge. And you can't even imagine. Because he has been raised from the dead. So, stand with me, will you please? So, I read an article this past week, and I want to share the title of it with you. The title is, We Should Preach Christianity's 
weird stuff. And it was a great article because it talked about, hey, let's quit backing off from preaching the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's quit backing off of talking about the blood of the cross is what cleanses from sin. Let's stop backing off of preaching a virgin birth and a sinless life. Let's stop backing off of preaching a Christ who, who, who preached in judgment, but the judgment was to bring them to him. Amen? Amen? So as we go through this season, I make a commitment to preaching the cross and the tomb opened more than I ever have before. Because a resurrected Savior is the only thing that's going to get us out of this. Raise your hands with me, will you please? Lord, thank you for those that are listening by video. Thank you for those that are here. Lord, may we be enraptured and inspired by your resurrection. Because in fact, you have been raised from the dead. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like prayer, Pastor Jared will mask up and meet you down here to pray. And Sister Joan will mask up and meet you down here to pray. If you'd like prayer, please give in the offering as you go out the door. Or go to the website. God bless you, especially for those who are going to be back at 2.30 this afternoon. And we'll see you at the memorial. If you'd like prayer, please come forward. God bless you. You're dismissed.